Pizza! Pizza, pizza, pizza! Everybody loves pizza, and we're now featuring the famous original Tolona pizza. Only the finest and purest ingredients go into the original Tolona pizza, made fresh to your order. And into the oven it goes. Presto, a luscious, hot, crispy pizza. We're now featuring... Hey, wait a minute. Give me another pizza. <laughs> That's better. Now, as I was saying... We now have delicious, crispy Tolona pizza at the refreshment stand. What do you have? Cheese, sausage, or pepperoni? Take it away! Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll take some musical steamboat excursions and listen to some mighty Wurlitzers. And we'll be celebrating three birthdays, those of Jimmy Joy, Little Brother Montgomery, and Sean O'Nolan. Multi-instrumentalist, singer, and bandleader Jimmy Joy has been heard on the show only twice before, in 2001, and most recently this New Year's Day, when I promised him a birthday segment and to reveal his real name. Well, your excruciating wait is over, as last week, April 20th, marked the birth in 1902 in Mount Vernon, Texas, of James Monty Maloney to Percy Maloney and Minnie Thompson. From around age 12, Jimmy devoted all his spare time to music. Following high school, he enrolled at Texas A&M, but after a year, decided engineering was not for him, and transferred to the University of Texas, where he obtained a degree in business administration. It wasn't his idea to change his name to Jimmy Joy. While at UT, he played in and assisted in directing the university orchestra. The group got a summer engagement at Joyland Park, an amusement park in Galveston, which also had a bandstand and dance pavilion, and as a tie-in, the band went by the name Jimmy's Joys. Reviewers began referring to the leader as Jimmy Joy, and the name stuck with promoters insisting the name Jimmy Joy be used on contracts. Maloney eventually legally changed his name, although the judge expressed anger at him, wanting to give up his fine Irish name. Following graduation, Jimmy decided he would only achieve happiness and success in a musical career. His first professional engagement was at the St. Anthony Hotel in San Antonio, where he wound up staying for two years. From there, he appeared at clubs and hotels across the country, including the Baker in Dallas, the Bismarck and Stevens in Chicago, and the Mulebach in Kansas City. He was also heard regularly on the NBC and CBS radio networks. In 1943, Jimmy married Mary Louise Wynne Jennings, who went by the stage name of Sally Joy. 
Their daughter, Mary Glenn Joy, was born in 1944, and three years later, Mary Louise retired from show business. James Monty Maloney died at Baylor Hospital in Dallas, Texas, on March 7, 1962, and is buried at Restland Memorial Park. Here are three from Jimmy Joy. Love you 
when I say I miss you. Can't you understand? When I try to kiss you, can't you understand? Is it you don't want to do all the things I've planned? Must I go on asking? Can't you understand?
London. Last night's gardenias have wilted and lost their bloom, but somehow their faint perfume is lingering in my room. Oh, last night's gardenias are lonely, and so am I. Tonight I can hear them sigh. They echo your last goodbye. Their lovely fragrance follows me everywhere. I close my eyes and suddenly you are there, darling. Last night's gardenia will never be tossed away. I'll keep them in my bouquet of Jimmy Joy and his orchestra from their last commercial recording session in January of 1940 for the Varsity label, when his was somewhat of a sweet band. Last night's Gardenias on Varsity 8187 was written by Sam Coslow. This was vocalist Art Lund's first recording, credited on the label and introduced by Jimmy Joy as Art London. Jimmy Joy made a number of sides for Varsity, and on all of them he introduces the numbers and, right before the vocal, quotes his theme song, Shine on Harvest Moon, similar to how Kay Kaiser always inserted Thinking of You. Back on New Year's Day, I played Harmonica Harry by Jimmy Joy and his orchestra, and before last night's Gardenias was the flip side of that record, Can't You Understand, composed by Victor Young. Whoever sang the Jack Osterman lyrics was uncredited. I don't think Jimmy Joy recorded in the 1930s. Brunswick 4640 was recorded November 10th, 1929. We began our tribute to Jimmy Joy with W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues, recorded in September 1925 in Dallas, issued on OK40539, as by Jimmy Joy's St. Anthony Hotel Orchestra. The St. Anthony Hotel was built in 1909 in San Antonio and was the first luxury hotel in Texas. Not only is it still with us, but is more luxurious than ever with the Steinway Homburg Concert Grand Piano still in the lobby. I just hope it gets played. I mentioned that Jimmy Joy was a multi-instrumentalist, which is true in a couple of ways. He played both saxophone and clarinet, but he also played two clarinets at once, as on that recording, the label of which says featuring Jimmy Maloney playing two clarinets. I'm Glenn Robison, and I can't play one clarinet, let alone two, but I can play two turntables at once, upon which you and I are listening to rapidly rotating records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes 
from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This past week, April 18th, marked the birth in 1906 in Kentwood, Louisiana, of Uriel Wilford Montgomery. As a child, he looked so much like his father, Harper Montgomery, that he was called Little Brother Harper. That evolved into Little Brother Montgomery, and the name stuck. He started playing piano at age four, and his main musical influence was Jelly Roll Morton, a family friend who used to visit the Montgomery household. Early in his career, he played around Louisiana, Arkansas, and Mississippi before moving to Chicago, where he made his first recordings. From 1931 to 1938, he led a jazz ensemble in Jackson, Mississippi, called the Southland Troubadours, but in 1941, Montgomery moved back to Chicago, where he would spend the rest of his life. Unlike many musicians we feature on the show, little brother Montgomery became more famous later in his career. He toured Europe several times in the 1960s and appeared at numerous blues and folk festivals. I didn't realize it at the time I bought them in 1968, but Little Brother Montgomery contributed tunes to two albums by the group Spanky and Our Gang, Prescription for the Blues, Mecca Flat Blues, and But Back Then. Other of his composing credits include Vicksburg Blues and Crescent City Blues. He died September 6, 1985 in Champaign, Illinois, and is buried at Oakwood Cemetery. Here are three from Little Brother Montgomery. Thank you. 
we started and ended our tribute to Little Brother Montgomery with two more of his compositions, beginning with Farish Street Jive from Bluebird 10177 and ending with Shreveport Farewell from Bluebird B-10953. All things being equal, I'll almost always play railroad-related records, so in between, we heard A&V Railroad Blues. All three of those records were recorded in a marathon session at the St. Charles Hotel in New Orleans on October 16, 1936, which resulted in 18 solo sides. I'm not sure if Montgomery wrote A&V Railroad Blues, but A&V stands for Alabama and Vicksburg, created by the May 1889 reorganization of the Vicksburg and Meridian. It was owned by the Erlanger family of England, and together with the Alabama Great Southern, New Orleans and Northeastern, the Cincinnati, New Orleans, and Texas Pacific, and Vicksburg, Shreveport, and Pacific Railroads, formed what was known as the Queen and Crescent System. The A&V became part of the Yazoo and Mississippi Valley Railroad in June of 1926. April 22nd marked the birth in 1872 in County Wicklow, Ireland, of John Joseph Nolan to Matthew and Catherine Nolan. He emigrated to the U.S. about 1898 and settled in Boston, working as a clerk or bartender. In 1899, he married Celia Moran in Somerville, Mass., and they had at least six children. He's first mentioned as a performer in 1904 and played Ilian Pipe with the William F. and Michael C. Hannafin family players. He was also a singer and poet. He performed as John Nolan until about 1912, when he began using the name Sean O'Nolan, perhaps because it sounded a wee bit more Irish. By 1916, he was billing himself as the Wicklow Piper and was also appearing in plays. In 1925, he visited New York, where he made his first recordings for Columbia and was heard on WLWL Radio. O'Nolan's wife Celia died in 1931, and he moved to New York, where he was affiliated with the Shamrock Music Store in Manhattan. That summer, he traveled to Ireland with a motion picture camera visiting all 32 counties and presenting the films in shows back in the U.S. Sean O'Nolan was struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver at 76th Street and 3rd Avenue, less than a block from his home, on October 2, 1945. He and his wife are buried at Holy Cross Cemetery in Malden, Massachusetts. Here are just three of at least 178 recordings by Sean O'Nolan. Sure, I love to play the fiddle nearly any time of day When I'm feeling in the notion and me fiddle wants to play But tis nicer after supper when the day's work's done, you know And I play myself, believe me, soft and sweet and then the fiddle seems to join in like 
your sweetheart at the gate when you're courting in the evening and stay out a little late and me heart it gets to carding with the music in the strings and the fiddle gets a trembling and she sobs and sighs and sings Sure, I most forgot to mention that my little daughter Lil plays the cards on the piano, and you bet she plays them well. And most always after supper, sure we have a jubilee, and I get as close to heaven. As a fellow needs to be. Now you've heard the simple story of the music in my brain, and I guess most everybody. Will smile at what I've said, but I tell you there's no happiness like the kind of fiddle brings when she trembles on your bosom, I and sobs and sighs and sings. Thank you. 
wouldn't be wise of me to play three records of Sean O'Nolan playing pipes, so there you have one, the real Taylor's Thimble from Columbia 33091-F in February of 1926. And we begin the set with Sean O'Nolan singing The Irish Fiddler. The Irish Fiddler on The Irish Fiddler is uncredited. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. On last week's show, I mentioned that my wife and I would be going on an adventure. Last Thursday, we drove over 700 miles round trip to get some pizza. What? Well, that and to experience the world's largest theater pipe organ. Most of you know that we're big fans of theater organs, and we just returned from a road trip to Mesa, Arizona to visit Organ Stop Pizza, home of the world's largest Mighty Wurlitzer. Rita admitted during the trip that at first she thought I was crazy, but we had a great time and spent both Thursday and Friday nights consuming mass quantities of pizza, beer, and music. I posted lots of photos and videos on my Facebook timeline, and if you find yourself anywhere near Mesa, Arizona, I encourage you to visit Organ Stop Pizza. You can see the technical specs on the organ and lots of other information at organstoppizza.com. Because there are lots of kids there, the playlist at Organ Stop is heavy on Disney and Star Wars, which is just fine, whatever it takes to expose kids to theater organ. Now, as you might expect, here's a set of rapidly rotating records of some other Wurlitzers, with some Tin Pan Alley tunes. Thank you. 
Harold L. Reeder at the console of the Mighty Wurlitzer at the Tivoli Theater in Newark, New Jersey with Mary Lou, written by J. Russell Robinson and Abe Lyman. Pipe organs are difficult to record, even these days, let alone in 1927. Reader and the Columbia Recording Crew tried it on January 6, 1927, but gave up after four takes. They took a break and came back on the 18th, finally getting it right on take 7, issued on Columbia 858-D. Harold Reader received his Bachelor of Music degree from Adrian College in Adrian, Michigan, and in the 1930s and 40s was organist and music director of Glen Ridge Congregational Church in Montclair, New Jersey. Before Harold Reader was Jesse Crawford at the console of the Wurlitzer in the Paramount Theater, New York, asking the musical question, Why Can't You?, written by Ray Henderson and Al Jolson. Take two of four on April 8, 1929, was issued on Victor 21951. As I said, pipe organs are difficult enough to record as a solo instrument, but trying to record an organ, drums, and a vocalist would be exponentially more so. But the Columbia engineers pulled it off with Milton Charles at the keyboard, Walter M. Foster on drums, and vocalist Charles Cayley on Back in Your Own Backyard. Dave Dreyer and Al Jolson wrote the tune and Billy Rose the words. That recording was made March 19, 1928 and issued on Columbia 1425-D. The organ was the three-manual, nine-rank Wurlitzer Opus 1563, installed the previous year at the Guns School of Music in Chicago. The organ was later purchased by radio station WBBM for $5,000 to replace a smaller Barton organ in their studios. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. Organ Stop Pizza doesn't open until 4 p.m., so in looking for something to do during the day on Friday, we discovered the Dolly Steamboat, which offers nature cruises, sunset dinner cruises, astronomy cruises, and fish and game cruises, on Canyon Lake near Tortilla Flats, Arizona, about 45 minutes from Mesa. We just had time for the 6-mile, 90-minute scenic nature cruise in the afternoon, but had a nice cruise around the lake, and although we didn't see a lot of wildlife, the weather was absolutely spectacular, as were the views. You can read more about the Dolly on their website, dollysteamboat.com. Now, of course, the Dolly isn't a real steamboat. It's propelled by a couple of 225-horse John Deers. But here are some rapidly rotating records about some genuine steamboats, beginning with the Garber Davis Orchestra. ¶¶ 
calling way down there in New Orleans. Roll on, river, river, take me to that land of dreams. Oh, there's a little brown-eyed lady waiting for me, and my heart is palpitating, longing to be away down yonder. Lordy, Lordy, hear my plea. Just keep on going, going, steamboat. Just keep that whistle blowing. Tell them this is my lucky day. Make them other boats keep out of the way. Steamboat. Just keep on rolling, rolling. Don't get nothing wrong.
Well, it's way outside our normal 1920s and 30s boundaries, but I came across that record, Steamboat Rag, played on the Hammond by Ethel Smith of Tico Tico fame, and had to share it. It's from Decca 27051, recorded May 8, 1950, and was also issued in England and Italy. Ernie Burnett wrote Steamboat Rag, and a review in the June 17th issue of Billboard said, With guitar and rhythm support, Miss Smith knocks out a tasty, beautiful hunk of organ ragtime. The tune is old-timey and catchy, with an interpolated chorus of That's a Plenty, spicing things up. Before Ethel Smith were Vernon Dahlhart and Carson Robison with Steamboat Keep Rockin', written by Carson Robison, who sang and played guitar. Dahlhart sang and played harmonica, and you heard Adeline Hood on violin. Columbia 15265-D was recorded June 2, 1928. The pair also recorded the song for Victor with the title Steamboat. We started that Steamboat segment with Steamboat Sal, written by Willie Raskin, Bob Causer, and Fred Fisher. That was the Garber Davis Orchestra, led by Jan Garber, who also played violin, with Milton Davis on piano. Victor 19175 was recorded October 5, 1923. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had even half as much fun as I did, then I had at least twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) 